So we are going to be live in three, two, one. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. And well, I got to tell you, this is yet another first for the No Outlet Podcast. The eldest member of the Jewel family is on the podcast, folks, and she is bringing her years of wisdom to enlighten us. I have been blessed with such an amazing family, and in this instance, more specifically, very cool, interesting aunts and uncles. And our guest tonight is one of the coolest aunts anyone could ever ask for. A couple of quick examples. She was nice enough and maybe unwise enough to let me borrow her car when I went for my driving test at age 16. No questions asked. Uh, She used to take care of me and my brother when my parents worked weird hours. She was my neighbor, a great neighbor for years. She was cool with us partying at her house. Uh, But most importantly, she was always willing to help anyone, myself or anybody else, with anything and give up something of hers to help someone else. And on top of that, she's always laughing and in a great mood no matter what life throws her way. So please help me give a warm, no outlet welcome to my Aunt Dawn. Aunt Dawn, thank you so much. Oh my gosh, I don't even know how to begin after all of that. Oh, well, <laughs> it's, uh, it's all true. Thank you. Oh, you're quite welcome. Thank you. So, uh, Dawn, we're going uh, to play a game called 20 Questions, and it okay. always starts the exact same way, and that is with question number one. Question number one, do you believe in ghosts? I believe in spirits. Okay. Which I guess would be another word for ghosts. Yeah. Spirits would would maybe imply um, less... Uh, other to... world contact, uh, things that can't be explained, ghosts that you can't really see them, but something happens that yeah. is sort of out-of-worldly kind of stuff. I'm so with you. I mean, I think that in the same way, I think it's foolish to think that we're alone in this universe. I think it's also foolish to think that there's not some other maybe dimension or spiritual realm that we don't quite have a grasp on that, you know, is out there and maybe can see us, but we can't see them. So I'm right. with you. We're, we're one for one, Don. We're doing good. Okay, that's great. <laughs> All right. So we both, uh, we both grew up in the same town, both grew up in Rye. And so for the audience here that's live in the studio and people listening, what can you tell, in a general sense, what can you tell our audience about growing up in Rye from your perspective? You know, rural Rye, the way it used to be. Uh, it was the best. It was the best in my any childhood any child could have. We yeah. grew up on a farm, lumber mill with fields and wood piles and woods to play in. We went frogging. We, we, we did everything. We were outside all summer long, all day long. Yeah. And Rye was kind of like that, rural in most places, but ours, I think, maybe more than some. Yeah, no, I, I loved growing up right next to a, a, a lumber yard. We used, to, we used to go out and um, we would, you know, jump off the the wood chip pile and we'd, you know, the shavings pile, the shavings pile. I, and looking back on it now, I can't believe me and my friends would go out there and do like flips and all kinds of stuff. And the fact that one of us didn't become like a quadriplegic is really mind blowing because (laughs) 
we were not thinking about any consequences. We were just like, oh my gosh, and that is like down through generations, we did the exact same thing. Oh Oh my gosh, that's great. That's great. So, um, let's talk a little bit about uh, that. You know, growing up in Rye and some more specifics. So, uh, you had three siblings. You had two brothers, and you had a, a sister, and. So that was, you know, and you were growing up and then you became, you know, uh, a child. I would say you and all your siblings were kind of like, you know, children of the 60s, right? Like you were around during the Woodstock era. And you mm-hmm. know, I've seen pictures of my dad's friends. And um, I'm wondering, because I was, you know, obviously not able to remember what it was like. That, but and he's also, full disclosure, he, he wanted me to ask you this question. Um <laughs> So, so what was your perspective what, and what is still your perspective of my father's friends back then? I don't necessarily, and you can go back as far as you want, but I'm talking about like, you know, high school and maybe right out of high school. My perception of his friends. What'd you think of, what'd you, um, what did you think of them? Yeah. Well, I have to say, uh, he, he was kind of involved in getting me woke. <laughs> oh. I mean, uh, at the time at which I really was hanging out with him, I'd been married. I called myself a stepford wife and <laughs> came back, and Dave was heavily involved with the workers' committee, and mm-hmm. I got involved with that because of him, and I loved all of his friends in the workers' committee. They were That's so awesome. dedicated and so amazing to me that I had never really thought about politics before. And I, I loved every minute of that. As far as his friends growing up prior to that time, I didn't really know a lot about what he was doing. I was too involved in my own life. Right. Well, I, I, first of all, that's a perfect answer. And I have to concur. I mean, he was somebody who I do remember when I was, you know, five, six, seven, eight, when you first start having memories, he, was someone that put his money where his mouth was. Like he was somebody who was going to rallies. He was going to marches. He was going oh, yeah. to things. Like he wasn't just like, that's a good idea. It sounds right. But he was like out there doing it. Oh, I remember a march we did in uh, Boston mm-hmm. and I made the sign. It was against Nixon and I had a sign jail to the chief mm-hmm. and we marched in the, in the parade down in Boston. It was very exciting. And I even spoke as a Vietnam veteran against the war. Wow. Yeah. Throw the bum out. Wasn't that the, wasn't that the yeah. anti-Nixon? Yeah. All right. So you, Absolutely. Br- you brought up being a, a, an army vet. So let's talk about that. So you, I, I, my understanding is if I get this wrong, correct me, but um, you joined, I think right out of high school. Um, and, I did. Yeah. And, and obviously then you went and you spoke against the war afterwards. So let's go back to before you joined the army Walk me through the decision-making process of of actually joining the Army and becoming a member of the Armed Services. I would like to say it was my patriotic duty. Okay. However, I will not say that because that would not be true. (laughs) My girlfriend and I read the brochures, and it looked to us like the best place to meet men. (laughs) (laughs) The ratio of men to women was unbelievable. Oh, that is a And riot. so, instead of going to college, which we thought would be kind of a, a rough patch and who wanted all that studying, we decided to join the service instead. 
Well, that, my friends, that is an honest answer, and that's what we look for here on the No Outlet Podcast. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's, you know, and that's interesting. Um, I, I wonder how many other women that joined across the, because you obviously, you know, you're, you're one woman with your friend from one small part of a small state. Then think about, I mean, you weren't the only person that was thinking that. I bet there was hundreds of thousands of people that had the exact same notion. Like, ah, I don't want to go to college and read and study. I, there's a bunch of guys over here, and they all seem to be in pretty good shape. Like, <laughs> they all seem to be looking for women. Why can't it be me? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Did you, when you were growing up in Ride, did you ever learn to play an instrument? I took piano lessons for a little while, yes. Yeah. I remember there was a piano in Graham's uh, side of the house that, I used to play Mary Had a Little Lamb. That's all I could ever learn how to play. Um, so were you were you good enough to, like, sit down and read music and play? I I can play a tune on with my right hand. I can't really play the bottom part, but I still remember my notes, I think. Yeah. There you go. That's cool. That's something <clears throat> I am always envious of. I tried piano. I tried flute, trumpet, guitar. I tried every instrument and I am a huge music fan, but I just never oh, yeah. could quite figure out how to play an instrument. So hats off to you. That's uh Well, I wished I'd gone further with it and I really wished I'd tried something else like a guitar. I just love that, but I never could master the strings on the guitar. <laughs> yeah, that was I mean I could again with the guitar I can do uh that open three five, open three six five like smoke on the water and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> And it that's was, okay. It's all it takes. That's, right. <laughs> if you've had a few drinks, that's all it takes. That, there you go. There you go. That's true. All right. So um, let's talk about, we're going to go back even further in Rye. We're going to go to Rye Junior High School, which is a school that you went to, I went to. Mm-hmm. And my question is, uh, my first question about Rye Junior High School, do you remember the Rye Junior High School uh, song? I certainly do. Do you really? Right, junior high school, all hail, all hail to thee. Before us are the mountains, da-da-da-da, the sea, da-da-da-da-da-da. Wow. Don, I'm impressed. I, You know what? I asked, I wrote that question down. I'm like, you know what? That's kind of like, it's such a long shot because I remember about as much as you do. But I'm like, A, when did they even write that song? Like, that could have been a song they wrote in 1981, for all I know. But there you go. Uh, turns out <laughs> the song was written before 1981. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. I like it. We have something in common. There you go. There you go. I used to love that school. What was your favorite teacher um, at Rye Junior High School? My favorite teacher. I can tell you my least favorite teacher. Let's do that. That sounds perfectly fine. <laughs> and that was Mrs. Macon in the first grade. She scared the bejesus out of me. Oh, now back then, were they still allowing kids to get hit by teachers? Were there spankings and things like that? No, no, but she kept that ruler in her hand. So you knew. And she kept a tight class, a tight ship. And of course, it was the first time I'd been away from home and... She was pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that, you know, the, I think the most, obviously, you don't want to remember teachers that just scare you. But I had a teacher in, in Rye Junior High School, Mr. Stevens, who, he was never mean, 
Um, but he was so stern, and he was a great teacher. He was funny, but he was also very stern. You knew where the line was, and I feel like yeah. some teachers get a little bit too comfortable with the kids, and they let the kids be a little bit too goofy, and then when you don't have that line, then you always have to resort to the over-the-top anger and screaming, whereas he never had to do that because we all knew where the line was, yeah. and we just never crossed it. And I've got no Yeah, I don't uh, have any real teachers in junior high that stood out. Now, in, when I got to high school, Frau Lampson was one of my favorite teachers. Oh, was she a German teacher, Frau Lampson? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Do, can, do you still know any German? Brigades. Is that a, <laughs> yeah. Is that, oh, wow. Brigades, how are you? Brigades. Um, Quintina and Diana. My favorite word was Kugelschreiber, which is fountain pen. <laughs> I, the only German, I mean, I know the, you know, some of the basic, like, uh, you know, the word for no, but there was a Steve Martin movie called uh, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. And um, I remember the name of that. Yeah. Remember that? And he, what he did was he took all these old black and white detective movies and kind of spliced them together and then added in himself in black and white. Anyway, long story short, that there was he, there was some there was a Nazi in the movie. And he, and he kept, and there, there was a code word, and it was Heinemacherfrau. And apparently, oh, yeah. I, I believe, means house cleaner. And that's the only German word I know, is Heinemacherfrau. <laughs> Amy and I, Amy took German, too, my daughter. And sometimes yeah. we try to have a limited conversation in German. I always thought but, that uh, was cool about Portsmouth. Like most high schools, you know, obviously French, Spanish. You know, but but Portsmouth had French, Spanish, and then they had Latin, and then they had mm-hmm. German, and all the yep. teachers of the languages were really solid at Portsmouth. I felt. Yeah, yeah. I think they were. Yeah. Hey, um, what was it like to live next to a clown for so many years? <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> the best clown. I I love, I love Pinky the clown. I love Pinky the clown. She, too. Um, yeah, she she brought a lot of joy into our life. That's for sure. No doubt, no doubt. She and I, I, I love telling people the story about how you know she had a job, didn't like it, and instead of just complaining about it and continuing to stay at that job she didn't like, she was like, "Well, I got to do something else. Why not yep. be a clown?" And um, and Pinky was born, and that led yep. to her push cart, and that led to her stores, and. Um, so I love that. I love that story. Um, I love people who can follow their dreams and do it despite the obstacles, you know? Agree. It's amazing to me. Totally agree. Hey, speaking of a job as a clown, uh, what was the craziest job that you've ever had? <laughs> the craziest job I ever had. Or one I that... didn't... Go ahead. I'm trying to think. I unfortunately never had any of the great jobs that I would have loved. I would have loved to have been in a commune and, and be a painter, but I opted, I went into insurance, which was very boring, mm-hmm. and most of my jobs were like that type of work, but it was more for the money. I didn't I didn't do any crazy jobs. Well, how about this? Maybe. Did you work at like a raised restaurant? Like, let's go back to when you first got a job. Like, what was one of your first jobs? Babysitting. Okay. Yeah. I started babysitting and babysat all through my life. <laughs> sure. I mean, you were, I think you were a staple at the Rye Community Child Care Center, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 
Yeah. Then I, yeah. Then I had kids. I had kids of my own, and sure, other people's kids, and kids everywhere. Kids. <laughs> <laughs> and you always. Seemed... I finally had to escape the kids and went into corporate life. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's a that's an understandable move. You always seem to be. Um, you always seem to be patient around kids, even with kids that, including myself, that didn't necessarily deserve that patience. You always seem to keep it keep it together. So. Uh, that must be years and years of practice of dealing with, with kids. Well, I remember when I took a class when I was teaching um, daycare mm-hmm. just to get my a CDA called was called a license. And one of the questions the teachers uh, one of the questioners asked me when my final interview, well, "Aren't you a little too touchy feely or whatever?" And I said, "You know, I think that so everyone needs a place where they're accepted for exactly who they are." Yeah. And that's the kind of person I tried to be, to accept everybody for exactly who they are, because the big bad world out there is always intruding, but you've got to have some place you feel safe. Amen. <laughs> and so he accepted that as a great answer, so. Yeah. Well, that's because it is, and it's a true answer. I mean, it, it's there's enough obstacles and there's enough things that are going to make you feel like you're doing something wrong or something bad or you're missing something so that you need that safe uh, that safe space. That's really cool. Um, okay, you're a big reader, or at least I remember you being a big reader. What book are you reading right now? Well, I don't read as much as I used to because my eyesight isn't as good as it was. Okay. I only have one good eye, but I just picked up a a book that caught my interest by an Italian writer, mm-hmm. and it was called... Um, uh, Six. What is it? I can't. I can't even read it. But it's a bunch of memoirs that he wrote, and it's um, looks quite interesting. Six memos for the next millennium. Oh, okay. And he's written several books, and it's basically about human nature. And I'm kind of excited to try to read some of it. I'll get out my magnifying glass and, and go through it. That's awesome. So it's all. These aren't like made-up memoirs. These are actual, real writings of somebody. I think they're actual. Well, they may. I'm not really sure, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. But uh, if they are, they're supposedly supposedly about human nature, which is what attracted me to them. So we'll see. The, if you interview me again, I'll let you know. You know what? <laughs> I'll take you up on that. I'll take you up on that. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, what was the la- – I know, you know, obviously we talked about books. You were a big reader. Um, what was the last song? That you listen to? The last song. I've been listening to a lot of big band music lately. Like Artie Shaw, that type stuff? Yeah, and even even on that on there, they have a lot of uh, Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and some of those yes. uh, uh, old. Uh, so I, I couldn't tell you the exact song I'm trying to think of. Um, well, that's I mean, strangers in the night, maybe. Sure, sure. I, you know, I that type of music, like the uh, the, the crooner, if you will. I think that is yeah. such an underrated, timeless type of music. That still oh, I love up. it. I'm just transported when I listen to the the big bands and the oh, the, the singers, the torch singers. <laughs> I yeah. just love them. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. All right, shifting gears a little bit. Um, Facebook, uh, mostly good or mostly bad? 
<clears throat> well, for me, it's mostly good. There you go. I love it because it is an easy way for me to stay in touch and to see what's going on with my family. Um, we're sort of scattered now. I don't see, I mean, I don't get to talk to them that much. Mm -hmm. We get together every summer, as you know, but other than that, we have limited contact and, yeah. and I can keep in touch. I mean, I have worked several jobs over the years and I can take, I am in touch with friends I worked with at my, you know, some of my first jobs and my last job and retirement people and people from all walks of life and, and plus, I have a lot of um, pages that I go to that are inspiring, that I like. Mm -hmm. So for me, I love it. It keeps me in touch. I don't get out that much anymore. So it keeps me in touch with the world. And I understand the, the downside of it, but I love it. Well, that's good. <laughs> and I think that, you know, you figured out a way, which unfortunately a lot of people haven't, of how to control it and how to make it more of a useful tool and you know, kind of hone in on what you want to see because if you just kind of open it up and you let everything in, um, and I haven't been on Facebook since, I don't know, 2015 or 16, uh, so I really, mm -hmm. I'm not an expert on what it's like now, but I remember at the time feeling like, oh my God, like half the stuff I don't care about and most of that stuff I don't care about is tilted to a negative uh, viewpoint, but you can, you know, you can kind of turn that stuff off and you can only focus on the stuff that you want to. And your point about keeping in touch, that is the one thing I miss about Facebook is not knowing what's happening with not only my family, but my friends that, you know, maybe live in California or Arizona yeah. or wherever they live. Yeah. It's just a lot more challenging now. Um, but I always, I like to ask that question because I, and it's, it's a mix. I get, you know, both answers, but I think your answer is my favorite one so far because you've, you haven't let the vehicle, which is Facebook, control how you're viewing it. You've kind of controlled it, and you've made it I, work I for think you. if you – I think the Facebook sort of responds to you. I mean, if you're post, if you're liking pages that are positive mm -hmm. and your friends' pages, those are the ones that keep popping up and you keep seeing. That's right. Uh, all of my friends are, are wonderful. I mean, I never – and I can really say I never get really negative comments or I don't get things that I don't, I'm not interested in seeing, really. I get, they're go. all people with my same viewpoint, and I think that's because I'm liking all, all these positive things, and so they're the ones that keep popping up in my feed. So Perfect. That's the way to do it. I love yeah. that. That's great. Um, all right, so we mentioned earlier, and I was half-joking, half-serious, like the, the stuff that's on TV – you know, is, is kind of not that great and kind of depressing, but I, there are TV shows that I like, obviously I was just kidding. So what right now is your favorite uh, TV show to watch? <laughs> Rachel Maddow. Okay. Nothing wrong with on that On MSNBC. Show. Yeah. She knows how to broadcast. I love man. her. She knows how to broadcast. She's good. She is the best. And I like, because she's not, she just follows a story from the obscure. She pulls it all together for you. And when she interviews people, she never tries to lead them in one direction or another. I hate interviewers that try to get their people to say what they want them to say. Right. And she will let them talk and she will interact with them. And to me, she's just the best show on there. In fact, I guess she is. I think she won the award for the best uh, network show this past yeah. season or whatever. Yeah, probably. I think you're right. The the two thing I don't watch her 
all the time, but I do, I have watched her and, and when it's, you know, like around election season, I'll watch her. Uh, and the two things I can say about her is number one, she's coming from a place that's real. Like it's from her heart. Like she really, everything that yeah. she's into, it's like, it's, there's no phoniness there. Number one, number two, um, to your point, she'll take a very complex and scattered set of information that would be very difficult to comprehend anyway. And she breaks it down and then she lines it up and she, and she places it out in a chronological order that all of a sudden makes sense. And she does it in a pretty short period of time. So she's good at what she and does. And she does. And with a sense of humor and great style. I mean, she's just, to me, she's the best. Yeah. I, I haven't watched, I've, I'm finally delving back into some commercial TV. I was glued to MSNBC during the, last four years so sure. i'm finally letting that go and yeah. <laughs> getting back into some real tv <laughs> there you go it's you and me both um all right so, uh. so you i've always again uh, my perspective of you and amy uh you guys are big pet lovers you guys uh always had i remember amy always had like a guinea pig or like some kind of hamster and certainly cats uh i forget the name but she had a bunch of cats and a, you know, dogs. What was uh, your first, the very first pet that you can remember owning, even if it was back at Rand Lumber? Oh, our very first pet was a son of a, a boxer mix named Nancy. Well, actually, she was named Nancy until our aunt Nancy knocked at the door and dad hollered at Nancy to get away from the door. <laughs> and we changed the dog's name to Patty. <laughs> oh my goodness, I love that story. <laughs> but yeah, we had a dog for a little while, and that and was our first pet, I believe. A boxer. We did have cats back then too. Was it? You said the dog was a boxer. Sort of a boxer mix. Yeah. Yep. yep. I, I love that type of dog. The cat I remember um, from Graham's was a cat named Puma. Do you remember Puma? Yeah, I do remember Puma. Puma was one of the few. And Blackie. And, uh, yeah, I don't remember Blackie. I remember Puma. And then she had another one that was more of like a tiger. Uh, like a, like Puma was a black with like a little bit of white. But then there was this other cat that was around at the same time as Puma. Um, that was more like a traditional, you know, mm. regular coat. But anyways, I'm not a big cat person, but Puma was always a really cool cat i think it had one of those Puma weird, was a cool cat cool yeah cat and i think it had one of those weird paws like sometimes cats will have like a thumb i don't know what the term yeah. is but i think he had that like that funky uh cat thumb uh i just always thought he yeah was, he, was, I, he could have i i remember him vaguely that's all do you remember uh the dog you had turk yes <laughs> Tur- Turk and I never got Turk, along very well. Poor Turk. I don't know what ever happened to Turk. Turk was always running away, and one day he just never came back. Is that what happened? But, yeah, I, oh we goodness. we think someone. He used, he used to go down at that, who was that house next to Graham's, opposite Graham's there. Oh, um, uh, the one right across the street, the Murphy's, um, and then there was the Kelly's. Uh, there was, it wasn't what, Kelly's. No. It was down down from there, oh, the right Staples? next to Kelly's. Oh, um, no, uh, in the other direction. Okay, there was um, um, Pappas, and then there was uh, oh, I, she was, no, was she it was a bus driver. Pappas. It was in between Pappas and and Kelly's. She was a bus driver, right? 
I think, um, I think she was. I, I you know what? I know the house, and I think I know the person, but I can't remember. They, they had a daughter. I remember that. But anyway, I, I think they threatened to do something to Turk if he ever ended up back in their yard again. So I I think he ended up back in that yard again, and we never saw him again. Oh my goodness! Yeah, poor I, Turk. Poor Turk. I think Turk was mostly misunderstood. If I'm being honest, I I remember. I remember him being black. I remember him being yep. a little bit kind of like, weren't really sure what breed he was. He probably was a mixture of a bunch of them, and he had he was a mixed, yeah, yep. And he had like his hair was a little bit messed up, and for some reason, and it might have been something I did, I, I don't know, but he didn't like me. <laughs> so I remember every time I would get out, and and we used to have the adjoining like your driveway was right next to our driveway, so I yeah. get out of the car, yeah, and I'd literally have to if if Turk was anywhere near outside, I would have to <laughs> run. <laughs> to get into the I, house. I kind of remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, like I boy. said, I mean, but dogs, dogs are a product of their environment, so I'm sure that something, you know, that wasn't his fault made him act that oh, way. Oh, well. Um, all right. So now I did, I have to, again, full disclosure here, I did do a little bit of research, and I talked to uh, a few of your siblings about questions that I should ask you because obviously oh, boy. they've known you for longer than I have. So. I'm not going to give away who um, asked me these questions, but I'm going to read off a couple of questions. And some of them I've already asked you, but here's another one. Um, what can you tell our audience here um, listening and live about the best way to get out of a hammock? <laughs> Fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had a little problem getting out of the hammock at your dad's house that summer i love hammocks but i got into that hammock and i could not get out of it and the only way i could get out was just to roll out and fall to the ground <laughs> oh god that's great. that was funny yeah well hey that's a sign of a good time right if you're in a hammock it and, is, it and, is. and you gotta fall out <laughs> something happened that was fun that's how it was to it <clears throat> all right so i'm gonna tell you the name of somebody right, that we both know, and what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to see if you can spell their first name for me, okay? So the person's name is Bob Spry. You want to know if I can spell his first name? Yes, that's correct. (laughs) I can spell it, but somebody can't. For some reason, when I ordered him a grill master, grill master apron for grilling out, I I had his name. I asked for his name to be printed on it, and it was supposed to be B O B. But for some reason, they left off the last B. So he now has an apron that says Grill Master Bo. <laughs> uh, that's great. You know what's so funny is I. So obviously, you know who asked me to ask that question and I, <laughs> I've actually seen the apron okay but I had no idea like he just took a picture of it and, and sent it along and I'm like oh that's kind of cool like I wonder if that's a nickname that I don't know about you know I mean <clears throat> and uh and then she asked me to ask the question and I still didn't put two and two together but but now it's all clicking you know I gotta tell you uh, I'm uh, glad I could fill in the yeah, rest of the story yeah, you absolutely did <laughs> and I, the one thing I remember like Bob Spry great uncle and 
the thing I remember about him that I have to share, because I don't know if you ever remember this or not, but they'd always come up every summer. They still do. I'm glad they're coming up. They had to skip last summer for obvious reasons, but they're coming up again this year. Right. And every time that they would come up, um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave names out of it, but at the time I was living in the house with my dad and his wife at the time. And his wife at the time was such a natural, organic, healthy food eating person that some of the finer things in life like donuts and candy and soda, those things were not allowed. And when Bob, so Dunkin' Donuts just didn't happen in the house. They just were not a thing. So, but, but when Bob Spry came up, I would always know he was there because I could smell Dunkin' Donuts coffee and I'd come downstairs and there'd be two, do- two dozen donuts just open. And, and I was just like Christmas morning. I'm like, Bob donuts. And, uh, and, and my dad's wife who shall remain name, uh, remain nameless did yeah. not like the fact that there was donuts in the house, but I did. And so did Aaron. And we, uh, we all did. We all did. <laughs> We chowed. Um, I think she was the only one. (laughs) Probably. Probably. Um, All right. So let's talk about, let's talk more about food and and what right now is, or it doesn't have to be now. It can be anytime. What's, what's one of your favorite places? It could be your favorite place now. It could be your favorite place in the past, but what's a place that you really love or used to love getting takeout food from? Well, course my favorite place was always the beach yeah at the uh, pirates cove beach in rye yeah that has to be my favorite place of all time i can i can go there in my memory anytime just but it was such a short walk down there we'd go down i mean even as a growing up uh, you know as a kid we'd walk down there to the beach so my whole life has been that's been the go-to place I mean, I couldn't wait for summer to go to the beach. I mean, and how lucky, I mean, I didn't realize it when I was growing up, how lucky I was. But when I look back at it now, I'm like, man, people come literally from all over the country and the world to see this. And it was a half mile away from my house every day. Yep. Just an amazing place to live. Um, All right. What is the best concert that you've, or, or event, concert or event that you've ever been to? I haven't been to that many concerts. Events or concerts. It could be like a play at Prescott Park. It could be a play in Hampton. It could be uh, a stand-up comedian. You know, I'll I'll look back and I will say, this is a long time ago, but when my mom, when I worked in New York, uh, my mom came out to visit me there. I was living in New Jersey, and we got tickets to see Hello, Dolly. Nice. And um, that was a great little show, and I'll always remember that because it's something that we got to do together that was sort of out of the ordinary. So I guess I would say that. I've been to some fun little plays up to a Gunpoint Playhouse, but uh, Hello, Dolly sticks in my mind. Oh, that's cool. I love that one. That's great. Yeah, I mean, that's... uh... Even better that you're with your mom, you know? Um, yeah. So, and by the way, shout out to Agunquit Playhouse because they, what a great show they put on there. Uh, Nicole and I went with Leisha and uh, her husband, Dave, a couple of years ago. 
And uh, yeah. my God, it's just, it's so impressive that they, so Nicole and I saw um, Jersey Boys there. Oh, I <clears> bet that was great. Oh, let me tell you something. So it was amazing. They did not miss a note or a dance step, <clears throat> pardon me, or anything. And the best part about the show was one of the original uh, Four Seasons. The guy that wrote all the songs was in the audience huh. that night. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> Not Frankie Valley. Frankie Valley was the voice, but the guy that wrote it was a guy named Bob something or other. And, um, and he, yeah, yeah. And they introduced him at the end, and he stood up. It was incredible. But, I mean, they didn't miss a note. They were perfect. And they're dancing around like maniacs. It was ah. just incredible. Incredible. All they right. are so professional up there. They really are. I totally agree. I would go. And they had to cut that. Last summer was the first summer ever in like 80 years that they didn't do um, a show, but they're coming back this wow. year. So we're going we're gonna to see if we can't get up there and see one more. Um, okay. We got, unfortunately, we got two questions left <clears throat> and then I'm going to, okay. two questions. And then I've got a story that I want to share um, uh, before we wrap things up. So second to last question. Uh, movies. And I, I've asked people like, okay, what's your favorite movie? What's the funniest movie? And it's always tough because I feel like I put people on the spot to come up with one movie. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be one funny movie or one serious movie, but just in general, can you name me a movie or a type or, or a genre of movies that really kind of spoke to you and that you would go back to and, Maybe one you've watched more than once that you really like from any time period. Well, <laughs> one of my favorites that comes to mind, and there are lots of them, mm -hmm. but uh, I loved the movie with Goldie Hawn, House Sitter. Home Sitter. Did you okay. see that with Goldie Hawn and, um, oh, what's his face? Why can't I think of his name right now? He was the one. He was in My Blue Heaven and uh, Steve Martin, not Steve Martin. Yeah. Oh, okay. Steve Martin. <clears throat> I love. And Steve it was Martin. just, I, they were so good together. It was such a fun little show that if you haven't seen it, you really need to watch it. I've watched it many times. It's just a feel-good kind of show. Well, you know what? I'm and I want to be Goldie Hawn in that show. <laughs> she, she, she would just. She said she always re. She was a free spirit. Yes. And he was the, the, the executive, the, you know, uptight kind of guy. Sure, a straight man. <laughs> and she, of course, loosened him up, and the yeah. whole show was uh, just very fun and well done. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I love Steve Martin. I'd watch him paint a house. He's one of the best, and. Um, and she's always entertaining too. Didn't she start off on laughing? Isn't that where she got her? Yes, yes. Like just as somebody she sure who was did. Like dancing as a go-go girl, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she she parlayed good, that very good nicely. Jackie. Yeah. Oh well, you know we we were able to watch some pretty cool shows at four four eight Bracket Road back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, we did. <laughs> we had some good times, boys. We had some the good fire, times. The fire, the campfires, and everything out back. Oh and... yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Never ending. Um, all right. So uh, last question, and then I've got that little story. So uh, your mother, my grandmother, Amy Jewell, amazing woman, uh, such a sweetheart. It's not uh, at all surprising that you are as nice as you are because um, your mother was as nice as she was. I mean, just a saint. Uh, I used to love going over there and, you know, playing cards. And then again, on the contraband food, like 
you know, Bob can only come up a couple weeks out of the summer and there was no cookies, but there was always cookies at uh, Grammy's house. So me and Aaron would always sneak over there and, and get cookies. <laughs> and, and the one cookie I remember um, was she made these molasses cookies that were just lights out. And um, I, I just, I, she made so many good things, but that particularly stuck out to me. So my question for you is of all the amazing creations that your mother used to bake or cook, uh, what was your favorite? Of the of the sweets, it could be anything. Oh. Could be anything. Oh gosh! Yep. And while you're thinking, I'll I'll fill in with. I remember there used to be um, wild rhubarb plants out in the backyard, and at least I, I think they were wild rhubarb plants in the backyard. And she used to make rhubarb pie, and I don't. You- that is so funny because that's what I was just going to say. Is that right? I would say that my favorite thing she made was a rhubarb pie, and so your dad loved it too. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because – Go ahead. No, I was just going to say he'd ask for it on his birthday, which is the perfect time to get rhubarb. So, Right. I mean, I, you know, you take rhubarb by itself, and you cut it when it's ripe, and you eat it. And it's a little bit bitter, a little bit. It's kind of got a – a kind of a funky taste to it. Oh, so, it's very bitter. You just dip it in sugar. <laughs> well, exactly. She had. She used to have the little sugar bowl. You dip it in sugar. But then I would. Yeah. Then she would make the pie. I'm like, well, how is she going to make that taste good? But she always did. <laughs> she always made it taste good. So I just want to share one quick story that um, I <clears throat> I love telling about uh, my gram. <clears throat> so it was at it was at her house. So it was a time where 503 Wallace Road was where my dad and I lived, and, and then 501 was where she was living. And um, me and, yep. and your son, who we did a lot of, uh, you know, naughty things back in the day. We had a lot of fun together. Um, we, it was a, it was Christmas and it was a big Christmas celebration. I was probably 85, 86. I'm guessing probably closer to 85. Anyway, <clears throat> me and your, and your son decided it'd be a good idea for us to leave the festivities, which are over in 503 Wallace Road. And just and it was all one house. I'm making it sound like it was two different properties. It was one house. Yeah, right. You could walk through and go to the other. So and and Graham was in that side with everybody else. So we walked over to her place to kind of get some privacy, where we thought it would be a good idea to roll up a joint, right? Because holidays aren't the same without a little bit of marijuana. At least they weren't back when you when I was absolutely, 15. <laughs> absolutely. So, so we, we, we walked into the other, we thought we were so sly. We're like, God, oh, no one's going to notice. We'll be fine. You know, everyone's doing the food over here. So we walked over and we, and we sat right down at her, at her table and Steve starts rolling up a, a, a joint and right in the middle of us doing this, here comes Graham, right? <clears throat> and she walks right in. And again, I was 15 or 16. He was 14 or 15, something like that. <laughs> And she looked square at us. She looked square at the table. She I mean, it wasn't the first time she had seen it. You know, she had four kids that grew up in the 60s, so she knew what she was looking at. And uh, she goes, oh, I caught you. I caught you. And then she goes, I'll tell you what. If you guys clean up real quick and don't make a mess, I won't tell anybody. And she let us finish rolling the joint. We cleaned everything up real quick, just like she asked. And Steve was so cool. Steve was, I was petrified. Like, I was like, oh, my God, we're dead. And Steve was just like, oh, Graham, hey, sorry. And she was like, just clean it real quick and go. And she never 
mentioned it ever again. She never brought it up wow. to my dad. She never brought it up to us. And that was the kind of person she was. She just kind of rolled with everything. You know, she just kind of learned. I, I to, have to tell you right? a quick, a quick um, story about Graham and Ernie. Okay. Ernie and Dave, they used to make the best pot brownies. Yes. I in the world. That. And we would, <laughs> and we would have them when we have parties. And Ernie made these pot brownies one time and set them up on top of the refrigerator for Uh-oh. the party that night. And Graham found them. Oh, boy. And she told, she told Ernie, she says, oh, those are the best brownies. <laughs> and Ernie says, well, I wouldn't eat too many of them if I were you, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> so she has some. We don't know how many, but... <laughs> She she made it. She was pretty happy that day. Oh my <laughs> you know what? That's a new one. I hadn't heard that story before. I love that. That is just the best. Ugh. Well, listen, I want to uh, thank you for, for coming on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I, I, I Everything that I said in the beginning, I meant every word of it. And I'm looking forward to seeing you face-to-face this summer when Bob and Mary come up. Maybe I'll bring the donuts this time. But uh, you should see okay. the live audience that I've got here. They're standing up. They're doing flips. They've got big, huge dawn yeah. flags. They're, 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 they're cheering for you. So thank you so much for being on the show, and I hope that you have a wonderful evening, Don. Thank you so much, E. I loved every minute of it, and I love you. You take uh, care, and, and thanks for a great time. All right. <laughs> great take memories. Care. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, thanks, Don. Bye.